0: Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is The Science of Winning at Life, Part 4 How to Be Happy, published by Luke Prague. Part of the sequence The Science of Winning at Life. One day a co-worker said to me, Luke, you're, like, the happiest person I know. How come you're so happy all the time? It was probably a rhetorical question, but I had a very long answer to give. See, I was unhappy for most of my life, one and even considered suicide a few times. Then I spent two years studying the science of happiness. Now, happiness is my natural state. I can't remember the last time I felt unhappy for longer than 20 minutes. That kind of change won't happen for everyone, or even most people, beware of other optimizing, but it's worth a shot. We all want to be happy, and happiness is useful for other things, 2.2 for example, happiness improves physical health, 3 improves creativity, four and even enables you to make better decisions. Five, It's harder to be rational when you're unhappy. Six, So, as part of a series on how to win at life with science and rationality, let's review the science of happiness. The correlates of happiness. Earlier, I noted that there is an abundance of research on factors that correlate with subjective well-being, individuals' own assessments of their happiness and life satisfaction. Factors that don't correlate much with happiness include age, seven gender, eight parenthood, 9 intelligence, 10 physical attractiveness, 11 and money, 12, as long as you're above the poverty line. Factors that correlate moderately with happiness include health, 13 social activity, 14 and religiosity. 15 factors that correlate strongly with happiness include genetics, 16 love and relationship satisfaction, 17 and work satisfaction. 18. But correlation is not enough. We want to know what causes happiness. And that is a trickier thing to measure. But we do know a few things happiness, personality, and skills. Genes account for about 50% of the variance in happiness.19 Even lottery winners and newly made quadriplegics do not see as much of a change in happiness as you would expect.20 Presumably, genes shape your happiness by shaping your personality, which is known to be quite heritable.21. So which personality traits tend to correlate most with happiness? Extroversion is among the best predictors of happiness, 22 is our conscientiousness, agreeableness, self-esteem, and optimism.23. What if you don't have those traits? The first thing to say is that you might be capable of them without knowing it. Introversion, for example, can be exacerbated by a lack of social skills. If you decide to learn and practice social skills, you might find that you are more extroverted than you thought. That's what happened to me. The same goes for conscientiousness, agreeableness, self-esteem, and optimism, these are only partly linked to personality. They are to some extent learnable skills, and learning these skills, or even acting as if, can increase happiness. 24. The second thing to say is that lacking some of these traits does not, of course, doom you to unhappiness. Happiness is subjective and relative. Happiness is not determined by objective factors, but by how you feel about them.25. Happiness is also relative 26, you'll probably be happier making $25,00 slash you're in Costa Rica where your neighbors are making $13,000 slash year, then you will be making $80,000 slash year in Beverly Hills, where your neighbors are making $130,000 slash year. Happiness is relative in another sense, too it is relative to your expectations.27 We are quite poor at predicting the strength of our emotional reactions to future events. We overestimate the misery we will experience after a romantic breakup, failure to get a promotion, or even contracting an illness. We also overestimate the pleasure we will get from buying a nice car, getting a promotion, or moving to a lovely coastal city. So lower your expectations about the pleasure you'll get from such expenditures. Flow and mindfulness. You may have heard of the famous studies 28 showing that people are happiest when they are in a state of flow. Flow is the state you're in when you are fully engaged in a task that is interesting, challenging, and intrinsically rewarding to you. This is the experience of losing yourself in the moment or, as sports players say, being in the zone. Finding flow has largely to do with performing tasks that match your skill level. When a task is far beyond your skill level, you will feel defeated. When a task is too easy, you'll be bored. Only when a task is challenging but achievable will you feel good about doing it. I'm reminded of the state troopers and Super Troopers, who devise strange games and challenges to make their boring jobs passable. Myrtle Young made her boring job at a potato chip factory more interesting and challenging by looking for potato chips that resembled celebrities, and pulling them off the conveyor belts for her collection. If you're struggling with negative thoughts, achieving flow is probably the best medicine. Contrary to popular wisdom, forced positive thinking often makes things worse.29 Trying to not think about upsetting thought X has the same effect as trying to not think about pink elephants You can't help but think about pink elephants. While being lost in the moment may provide some of your happiest moments, Research has also shown that when you're not in flow, taking a step outside the moment and practicing mindfulness, that is, paying attention to your situation, your actions, and your feelings, can reduce chronic pain and depression 30, reduce stress and anxiety 31, and produce a wide range of other positive effects. Thirty-two. How to be happier? Happiness, then, is an enormously complex thing. Worse, we must remember the difference between experienced happiness and remembered happiness. I can only scratch the surface of happiness research in this tiny post. In short, there is no simple fix for unhappiness, no straight path to bliss. Moreover, happiness will be achieved differently for different people. A person suffering from depression due to chemical imbalance may get more help from a pill than from learning better social skills. A healthy, extroverted, agreeable, conscientious woman can still be unhappy if she is trapped in a bad marriage. Some people were raised by parents whose parenting style did not encourage the development of healthy self-esteem, 33 and they will need to devote significant energy to overcome this deficit. For some, the road to happiness is long. For others, it is short. Below, I review a variety of methods for becoming happier. Some of them I discussed above, many, I did not. These methods are ranked roughly in descending order of importance and effect, based on my own reading of the literature. You will need to think about who you are what makes you happy, what makes you unhappy, and what you can achieve in order to determine which of the below methods should be attempted first. Also, engaging any of these methods may require that you first gain some mastery over procrastination. Here, then, are some methods for becoming happier 34. If you suffer from serious illness, depression, anxiety, paranoia, schizophrenia, or other serious problems, seek professional help first. Here's how. Even if you don't need professional help, you may benefit from some self-exploration and initial guidance from a reductionistic, naturalistic counselor like Tom Clark. Develop the skills and habits associated with extroversion. First, get some decent clothes and learn how to wear them properly. If you're a guy, read these books. If you're a girl, ask your girlfriends or try these books. Next, learn basic social skills, including body language. If you're really introverted, practice on chat roulette or omegle first. Next, spend more time with other people, Making small talk. Go to meetups and couch surfing group activities. Practice your skills until they become more natural, and you find yourself enjoying being in the company of others. Learn how to be funny and practice that, too. Improve your self esteem and optimism. This is tricky. First, too much self esteem can lead to harmful narcissism. 35 Second, it's not clear that a rationalist can endorse several standard methods for improving one's self esteem self serving bias, basking in reflected glory. Self-handicapping 36 because they toy with self-deception and anti-epistemology. But there are a few safe ways to increase your self-esteem and optimism. Make use of success spirals, vicarious victory, and mental contrasting, as described here. Improve your agreeableness. In simpler terms, this basically means increase your empathy. Unfortunately, little is currently known, scientifically, about how to increase one's empathy. 37 The usual advice about trying to see things from another's perspective, and thinking more about people less fortunate than oneself, will have to do for now. The organization roots of empathy may have some good advice, too. Improve your conscientiousness. Conscientiousness involves a variety of tendencies useful organization, strong work ethic, reliability, planning ahead, etc. Each of these individual skills can be learned. The techniques for overcoming procrastination are useful, here. Some people report that books like Getting Things Done have helped them become more organized and reliable. Develop the habit of gratitude. Savor the good moments throughout each day. 38 Spend time thinking about happy memories. 39 and at the end of each day, write down five things you are grateful for the roof over your head, your good fortune at being born in a wealthy country, the existence of less wrong, the taste of chocolate, the feel of orgasm, whatever. It sounds childish, but it works. 40. Find your purpose and live it. One benefit of religion may be that it gives people a sense of meaning and purpose. Without a magical deity to give you purpose, Though, you'll have to find out for yourself what drives you. It may take a while to find it though, and you may have to dip your hands and mind into many fields. But once you find a path that strongly motivates you and fulfills you, take it. Of course, you might not find one purpose but many. Having a strong sense of meaning and purpose has a wide range of positive effects. forty one. The find a purpose recommendation also offers an illustration of how methods may differ in importance for people. Find a purpose is not always emphasized in happiness literature. But for my own brain chemistry I suspect that finding motivating purposes has made more difference in my life than anything else on this list. Find a more fulfilling job. Few people do what they love for a living. Getting to that point can be difficult and complicated. You may find that doing 10 other things on this list first is needed for you to have a good chance at getting a more fulfilling job. To figure out which career might be full of tasks that you love to do, a Ryasek personality test might help. In the USA, Onit can help you find jobs that are in demand and fit your personality. Improve your relationship with your romantic partner, or find a different one. As with finding a more fulfilling job, this one is complicated, but can have major impact. If you know your relationship isn't going anywhere, you may want to drop it so you can spend more time developing yourself, which will improve future relationships. If you're pretty serious about your partner, there are many things you can do to improve the relationship. Despite being touted widely, Active listening doesn't predict relationship success. 42 Tested advice for improving the chances of relationship success and satisfaction include: 1. Do novel and exciting things with your partner often. 43 2. Say positive things to and about your partner at least 5 times more often than you say negative things. 44 3. Spend each week writing about why your relationship is better than some others you know about. 45 4. Qualify every criticism of your partner with a review of one or two of their positive qualities. 46 And 5. Stare into each other's eyes more often. 47. Go outside and move your body. This will improve your attention and well being. 48. Spend more time in flow. Drop impossible tasks in favor of tasks that are at the outer limits of your skill set. Make easy and boring tasks more engaging by turning them into games or adding challenges for yourself. Practice mindfulness regularly. When not in flow, step outside yourself and pay attention to how you are behaving, how your emotions are functioning. And how your current actions work toward your goals. Meditation may help. Avoid consumerism. The things you own do come to own you. In a sense, consumerism leads to unhappiness.49, unfortunately, you've probably been programmed from birth to see through the lens of consumerism. One way to start deprogramming is by watching this documentary about the deliberate invention of consumerism by Edward Bernays. After that, you may want to sell or give away many of your possessions, and, more importantly, drastically change your purchasing patterns. Note that seeking happiness as an end might be counterproductive. Many people report that constantly checking to see if they are happy actually decreases their happiness, a report that fits with the research on flow. It may be better to seek some of the above goals as ends, and happiness will be a side effect. Remember happiness will not come from reading articles on the internet. Happiness will come when you do the things research recommends. Good luck! Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.